The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to hear about how Steve Wynn made big bets in Vegas for big success. And so we're going to get into it with John Shadler, who's the managing director of the Harkey Group. John and I have been friends for many years. In fact, so much so we've, we've even joined forces of our agencies, which gives us a footprint in Las Vegas. And really, John's been like a mentor to me in the business. And he's part of now our group, which is one of the fastest growing marketing agencies in America. So, okay, today, John and I are going to discuss how his experience with Steve Wynn and the big bets that Steve Wynn made over this career has been big results in marketing campaigns. John and I go back a while. I've heard all the marketing stories from him and I can't wait for you to hear some of his marketing stories. All right, here's my conversation with John Shadler, Managing Director of the Harkey Group. John, what's going on, man? Hey, great to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me. We've been talking about doing this for a while and I feel so privileged to have had just amazing conversations with you for some of our a listening audience out there. We've got a ton of you know CMOs and VPs of marketing out there, aspiring marketing people. John has been doing it a while and he's worked for some of the best in the business. John was right by Steve Wynn's side launching all the greatest Vegas properties in the in the world. Then worked with MGM. I mean, this guy has really seen every aspect of luxury marketing, hotel, casino marketing. And uh, I've learned so much from him and I'm excited for him to drop some wisdom on us. And I know he'll be super humble and he'll say everything with a a humble undertone. But I'm telling you, um, there's nobody that understands luxury and entertainment marketing better than John. I've heard crazy Steve Wynn stories. I mean, he was Steve Wynn's CMO. Again, launched uh, the Mirage launched Aria. I mean, some of the, the most classic advertising campaigns that we've seen has come with him involved. So let's get into it, John. Anything maybe you want to add on your background too? I know I kind of went off on a tangent, but yeah, just uh, we're glad to have you on. So maybe just quickly your background, funny story and how you and I got together. Yeah, well, it's been a, uh, it's been about a 40 year run and a wild one at that. I started in New York City as a art director for a small agency and immediately gonna kind of got thrown into, uh, the entire business of advertising. It was a great time in the early 80s to be in New York and in the ad business, uh, way different than it is today, obviously. But I um, I got thrown into kind of all aspects of the business. It was a small company and 
you know, I ended up learning pretty quickly about more than just the creative side of the business, but got uh, well, well versed in account services and media. And it was really trial by fire. And I had the opportunity about a year in to meet a guy who at the time was a, a brash young entrepreneur and developer from Las Vegas named Steve Wynn. And uh, he was a client at the agency. And uh, I, I used to get sent on uh, on these these trips to visit him in his New York office when he was in in town for a brief time. And I would literally carry all the artwork over to him to get his comments or get his approvals and had to uh, really act act fast on my feet when I was around him. And, you know, after a couple of months, he kept asking for me to be the guy that that uh, showed him the work. And uh, lo and behold, about a year later, he asked me to come join him as his uh, head of advertising. And from that point on, it was just a, a wild ride. Lots of amazing stories and to be by his side at the time, not, you know, not really a guy who was uh, uh, very well known, but was about to be kind of exposed to the world as, you know, one of the great casino resort developers of our time. All right. I have to ask, what's the craziest Steve Wynn story that you can tell that you remember from or, or greatest kind of campaign advertising genius that you've seen or just something super interesting that maybe not a lot of people know? Well, the real interesting, there's lots of stories. <laughs> I know, I know, but, a few. Um, I'm not sure if I can share some of those. So I'll, I'll leave it to you. Well, share. The, the, you know, the, I think the, the really pivotal moment for me with Steve was, you know, I, I was at this point about 25, 26 years old, had been, been working for him for a couple of years. We had launched the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City, which was really his, you know, really put Steve on the map. You know, Atlantic City and New Jersey had legalized gaming, and it was the only other jurisdiction in the country beside Nevada that had uh, casino gaming. So being right there in the New York market and the Philadelphia market was was a huge, uh, a huge deal. And we had gotten the place open. It was a roaring success. But that wasn't obviously enough for for Steve, and he had kind of taken a a lesson from his Las Vegas beginnings and observing some of the great resorts in Vegas, particularly on the Strip, and and took a cue from Caesars, which had uh, obviously was the the icon on the Las Vegas Strip, and Frank Sinatra had been, uh, you know, a brand ambassador and and exclusive entertainer at Caesars for many, many years. And Steve was was able to uh, engineer an incredible contract and get Sinatra to move over to represent Golden Nugget. And at that point in time, you know, those deals were generally just for show dates in the showroom as entertainment. In this particular case, Steve had the savvy and the the foresight to to say that not only would Sinatra appear in the showroom, but he engaged him to appear in TV commercials. And so I got a call one day. I remember I was on vacation in Bermuda. It was I think over Thanksgiving, and uh, 
I get a call from Steve and he says, uh, I just signed Sinatra to uh exclusive deal to appear in the showroom and also to appear in our TV spots. We got to start writing some scripts. And that was like, um, and then, you know, click the, the, uh, he hangs up the phone. And so that kind of rocked my world. And that was, that was the beginning of a almost five year run of creating commercials with Steve and Frank Sinatra that became iconic, one of which actually won a Clio. And I, so I think that, you know, the, the, uh, that period of time of being thrown into a world with Sinatra, the Rat Pack, it led to commercials that we ended up doing with Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers and Paul Anka. It became a, an amazing series of spots, generally where Steve was sort of playing the foil for these guys. Always, there was always a great sense of humor to them. There was always a, you know, a warmth and an emotion to them. I think, I think the one thing in those days, especially that is maybe missing today in creative is that, that sense of, uh, emotional intelligence. And Steve was sort of a master at how do you take a product that may have a cold facade? Casinos are casinos and room full of slot machines, but how do you give it a warmth and a a sense of humor and an endearing quality? And and I think that uh, even that self-effacing humor where, you know, Steve was playing the foil as the hotel owner went a long way to uh, to creating a uh, a brand that had a lot of emotional resonance. So it was a wild time. It was a wild time. That's cool. Time. So I'm hearing a few things. First off, I think the background that you have had in the business where I tell people all the time in marketing and advertising, I mean, do a lot of different things from accounts to creative. People who really succeed in this business aren't just a creative or aren't just an account person or aren't just a media person. They've They've really engulfed themselves in all aspects of the business. So I think... It's um, no secret that you rose to such high success on the client side and then on the agency side because you you knew all parts of the business. So I, I did want to touch on that from a recap from what I've heard from you. But the second thing that I love, and I mean, Steve Wynn's arguably one of the greatest marketers of all time. And I've heard this before in other parts of the podcast. And I'm going to take maybe a little different recap from what I heard from you, from what you said. But one of the things that that I've heard from you in the past, and I, I heard bits and pieces of it now, is Steve was somebody who made big bets. He made big calculated bets from a property side and on, a, on an advertising side. And he did things that had never been done before, whether it's signing Frank Sinatra and, and not only using him as, as a musician but also someone that that is the personality and the humanizing piece to the campaign externally, which he did a number of times in his campaigns. Or it could be when he built the Bellagio, this damn freaking fountain that shoots up in the air, (laughs) ninth wonder of the world kind of shit. But some of the greatest marketers I've seen over and over again in this podcast, the biggest thing that keeps pointing out to me is like the greatest marketers make calculated big bets and I think that stuck with you. And I think you've seen that from all the other hotel properties you've owned. Now, 
What are some other examples of campaigns that worked really well with with Steve and whether it was maybe the Mirage or the Bellagio? What else comes to mind is some moments there that make him one of the greatest and gave you the experience and, and knowledge for other campaigns you've been involved in? Yeah. Well, Scott, it's interesting because... Uh, after the Sinatra campaigns for Golden Nugget, that was really about how do you build credibility in the New York market and how does this kind of upstart company, Golden Nugget, you know, really make a mark, especially with the VIP audience. I think it was a, the Sinatra campaign was a brilliant strategy to get there. And, and remember that, you know, Steve, Steve made a huge bet at the time in Atlantic City when everybody was all the operators that had licenses were rushing to get open. They actually took old facilities, repurposed them, and they were not necessarily remarkable in their scale or composition. And Steve took a different route, which was to build something from the ground up from scratch. It delayed things, his entry into the market maybe by a year or so. And it was, uh, at the day, it, at the time, it was about a, $150 million bet, which was sort of unheard of in the marketplace. But he, uh, when the brand new facility opened, it was a huge hit. And then attaching Sinatra to it was a, uh, was a masterful move. And I think that that strategy continued on, uh, when the Golden Nugget was ultimately sold in Atlantic City and Steve moved on with about, I think, 450 million in his pocket to uh, invest in a piece of property on the strip where the old castaways was and is now the home to the Mirage and Treasure Island. He was setting out to really change the face of Las Vegas once again. There hadn't been a new resort built in close to 15 years. And Steve recognized that it was time to sort of legitimize Vegas in a way beyond just as a casino gaming center and that the time was right to create the first real integrated resort development on the strip the recognition that maybe gaming was becoming more widespread in the US that it was no longer something that was unique and special it was becoming more of a commodity and that the consumer was looking for something way different and more expansive and more in the non-gaming space and that bet was $600 million, which at the time was an unheard of amount of money to invest in a property on the Strip. It actually had to do a million dollars a day in revenue just to break even. And so when it came to the marketing of that facility and, and the, all that went, went with the Mirage, you know, from the volcano to the tropical rainforest to the white tiger habitat to Siegfried and Roy and the dolphins. I mean, all of these things were in and of themselves marketing campaigns. When you think about it, they were sticky attractions and they were things that had never been done before. And so we had to kind of convey to the world, frankly, at this stage, it was Vegas was becoming a huge international destination. We had to convey to the world that things were different now. And so we hired Hal Reine and Partners, the venerable Hal Reine and his amazing agency, which was a rather untraditional choice for a Las Vegas company. Took a little bit of coercing to get Hal to Hal's agree. a wild man. 
Yeah, and it was uh, it was taking very very different approach to Las Vegas marketing than had ever been been done before. And we established this premise that Vegas, which has sometimes had an inferiority complex with itself, and always trying to maybe justify its existence, especially in those days, as a legitimate and really attractive place as a resort destination, was time to sort of put Vegas on the map in a different light. And what we devised through the work with Riney was a very simple premise that there's a new destination in the world. And that destination among the great destinations was not just about saying that Las Vegas was uh, changing and was a top viable, legitimate destination in and of itself, but that the Mirage as an entity, as a brand, was actually a new destination in the world. It was a very brash statement. It was a very sophisticated series of commercials and primarily commercials and print ads. There was no internet in those days. And um, it was a uh, a campaign that was also exposed to the major markets throughout the U.S. and internationally. So we we ran in Hong Kong. We ran in Singapore. We were trying to make a mark where a lot of the Asian gamblers were residing. We were in the top 10 markets in, in the U.S. It was a it was a massive media buy for what was notably one of the big biggest bets on the future of Las Vegas, I think, that was ever made. And it turned out to be a huge success. There's so much to recap. And, and we have another podcast coming up. And I'm glad we you script these things. And you think you have an idea, but then you let it rip. And my goal is to make sure we have insights for marketers. And there is so much to learn from Vegas and what that town has done, what people like Steve Wynn have done, what has been built out there. I mean, it is the king and queen of entertainment anywhere in the world. And it's been manufactured really from nothing with with hardly any assets. And so certainly the Mirage was a huge step into creating what is Vegas today. But I want to dive in more because Steve had a lot more big bets that paid off. And I think there's so much to learn as marketers from Vegas as a case study. And and no one's been closer to it than you and your agency, SKG, and even what we're doing now as as the Harkey Group and and OH Partners. So I want to dive into it more. So I'm going to cliffhanger people a little bit. We're going to wrap that up with John today on on this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Huge thanks to John Shadler, Managing Director at the Harkey Group, for joining us. But in part two of this interview, which we will publish tomorrow, remember we publish these every day of the week during the work week, uh, John and I are going to discuss more about what marketers can learn from Las Vegas. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about John, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit the company website at theharkeygroup.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have the chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, who does? Head over to rebrandpod.com and we'll have all the summaries of our episode and guest contact information. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter and you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. We're on all the stuff. Our handle is at rebrandpod. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. Probably easier though, you can find me, your show host, and that's at Scott Harkey on TikTok. 
TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, Twitter. I like to be a little different, I guess. It's just Sharky AZ. If you haven't subscribed and you want a daily stream of our marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, remember, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button on your podcast app so we can continue those rankings. Just uh, the other day, we just shot up to the third ranked marketing podcast in the US on Apple. I mean, we're only a month old, so we're going to keep going at it. We want to keep making sure we're providing insights to marketers with real people, real campaigns, real feedback, less educational BS, but like real stuff, real fast. That's kind of the name of the game for marketers. Remember, so we'll be right back in your feed. Look, you subscribe. We're going to be right back in your feed the next day with a podcast. I'm at the gym and I see it and I'm like, boom, there's a podcast for tomorrow. I love it. Okay, that's it for right now. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 